May 2011. We're going way back to start this episode. So this is the first time that I ever left the United States. And I was a very naive 22-year-old. And I was finishing up college. And I was going to Jordan, the country of Jordan in the Middle East. And the reason I was doing it is because I was in an intensive Arabic language study program at my college studying international relations and Middle Eastern affairs. And of course, my parents agreed to this, but they were worried sick. And I was even, you know, I was nervous about it. I had, you know, the courage to do it, to get out of my comfort zone. But I was nervous too, just thinking it was going to be like a real dangerous place. And my parents, you know, reiterated to me, just don't, don't leave the campus very much. Don't leave the university campus that you're going to be on when you're there. Because I'm, you know, I was going to be at a university, right? Um, like we kind of had it in our head that <laughs> that it was going to be like a walk down the street and you get shot situation in the words of Donald Trump. That was, if you don't know what I'm referring to, that was how Trump referred to some United States cities when he was campaigning for president. Our inner cities are terrible. You walk down the street, you get shot. Anyway, um, and so that was kind of like the idea that we had in our heads of anywhere in the, the Arab world. This is, you know, super, super dangerous. You got to be watch yourself when you walk down the street all day long. And, you know, to be honest, it's quite the contrary. Um, it's, it's it's quite the opposite in most Middle Eastern cities. Most of them are not, uh, you know, really dangerous. But anyway, this is the this is what we've been told. I mean, of course, okay, sure, there have been Middle Eastern countries where there have been terrible wars. I'm not going to talk that much about how much U.S. involvement there has been and how much we can point the finger at the U.S. government. But anyway. Obviously, there have been a lot of wars in the Middle East, and those places that have been actual war zones, they're not safe. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But in general, you know, a Middle Eastern country that is not at war, uh, like Jordan was not at the time, it's a fairly safe place to be. Um, so without getting too into the geopolitics of everything, um, I'm in Jordan doing this study abroad program. And I, I met this, well, this, this Jordanian guy who became a friend of mine. He shall not be named because... There are no names, only aliases occasionally um, in this episode. Matter of fact, let's give him let's give him an alias and let's just call him Abdurrahman. Abdurrahman. Alright, that's not his real name, right? Um and so he made the mistake of believing too much about what he heard on the news as well. See, because everyone thinks that Americans have so much money, right? They hear, you know, America, and you know, it's the land of the free, of the money, of the, you know, the the hegemony and the starting wars all around the world. But you know, most of all, it's the it's the land of the, that's what they hear about America. It's like, okay, America is an imperialist country, and Americans have a lot of money and a lot of power, and all Americans must have this money. Right. And this is 2011, and he wasn't that old at the time. Abdurrahman, as I'm calling him, was he was in his early 20s as well. And so he, he made that mistake of having that image in his head. And see, this is, it's so common like around the world. Americans are a target still in most places of the world. Not really that much because they hate us because of our freedom or you know the, the way that we're, <laughs> we're told to believe it, but really just because it's believed, sometimes correctly, that Americans are going to have a lot more money and resources than people in other parts of the world. Like just to you know go back to the last story that I was telling in the last episode of that time I got my phone stolen in Brazil during the Olympics. See, obviously, I'm an easy target as an American there, okay? And it's probably more, it's a better idea theoretically, for that thief to go after a guy like me than it is to go after a local Brazilian. Now, the funny thing about that episode, just to see, just to finish this up, to wrap up that story, is that that girl that I mentioned, she was not part of the plot 
to steal my phone, or if she was, she did a heck of a job of continuing to play her role afterwards, because she didn't just leave. Like, I think she actually genuinely liked me. Like I said, we were still hanging out, and I'm not going to get into the graphic details here, but we were, you know, we're still dancing in the street. I lose my phone, but then I recover, right? I'm just like, all right, well, it's it's a sunk cost, so to speak, but the night is still young. We'll figure out the phone situation tomorrow, and I'm like, you know, trying to make sure that my friend and I don't get too separated, because I didn't have a phone to contact him at that point. So we were young and stupid and it is what it is right but the the most ridiculous part of that whole story is that i was okay so this girl and i we've been dancing out in the street for like an hour or two maybe a little bit of alcohol but not that much we weren't like terribly drunk but we wanted to have sex and you know it's brazil it's the olympics it's this is like what everybody's doing and so there's a concept in brazil called the the motel when you hear the word motel in brazil it just means like a place where people will go and have sex they'll pay like for a room for an hour or two hours or whatever it's not even like you you know you get a room for the night you go in there and pay for like a couple hours and so this is just what everybody does because it's more common for people in brazil to still live at home with their parents when they're in their 20s so obviously if you want to have sex you just go to a motel and that's what the motels are they just you pay however much you want to be in the motel with your person for a couple hours have sex whatever right so we go to this motel and um I'm like looking around. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't have like a condom or anything. Well, certainly they're going to have a condom at this motel. And so I go up to the guy at the front desk because they didn't have any in the room. I'm like, what the heck? What is going on here? Come on. This is like this whole place is designed for sex. So I go up to the guy at the front desk and I'm asking him in my, you know, somewhat, you know, decent Portuguese. My Portuguese is pretty good. He knew exactly what I was asking for. And he's like, nope, we don't have any. I'm like, how could you how could you possibly not have a condom? Like that's the whole purpose of this establishment is for sex. What? And so we're like trying all we're figuring we're trying to figure out how we can get a freaking condom. I was gonna use a, a different word, but I don't swear on these ones because of podcast because of Spotify's explicitity rules. We could not get a condom. I swear to you guys. We were like looking around to see like is there you know a pharmacy? Is there anywhere we can go to get a freaking condom? To make a long story short. We did not get a condom, and we did not have sex, and that's totally true. Okay, I know some of you guys out there, you you horny you horny little b a s t a r d s that I spell that right. I know you guys would have done it anyway, but we didn't do it. I wasn't going to do it without a condom. So, um, by the way, everything <laughs> everything that I'm saying in these episodes is true. All of these. Um, you know, all of these life lessons ones that I've talked about, all the crazy stuff, you know, from the CIA to the, you know, stories about Mexico and whatever, like all of this stuff is is true. This is all true stuff from my life. The most ridiculous part out of all this stuff that you may or may not, you know, believe or you would think is, is, is a lie. Like, wait a minute, that part about the polygraph, is that really real? Yes, it's really real. It's really real. Like, the most unbelievable part of it all, in my opinion, is the fact that they did not have a freaking condom at this motel. Come on. Like, the entire thing is set up for, it's, it's made for sex. That's what it is. You don't have a way for me to access a condom. How are you still in business? They're probably still in business to this day. I don't know. So that story ended with me losing my phone that night and not having sex. And anyway, so um, the odd part about that is there was actually another girl that I would meet in Brazil a few nights later on that same trip in the Olympics that became a much longer story, which is maybe another story for another day. So let's go back, though. Let's rewind the tape back again. Well, before I do that, let me actually just add, to that the news, the news media also never told me 
that Rio, Rio de Janeiro, is way more dangerous on like a street level, minute by minute, hour by hour, than Jordan or any other country in the Middle East. Okay, the U.S. media conglomerate just chooses not really to focus on that. Okay, like Brazil is a dangerous place, you know, person for person, minute by minute in the street, and everybody from Brazil will agree with that. Anyway, the news media just doesn't really focus on that that much because we want to make the Middle East always look like the dangerous part of the world. So back to the story of me of my Jordanian friend, alias Abdurrahman. So <clears throat> I'm going to be honest here. Like, I used him to try to improve my Arabic, and he used me for, <laughs> well, the same thing that everybody tries to use Americans for. So, like, you know, he was kind of upset when I was leaving, blah, 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 blah. I get back home to the U.S. a couple, you know, a month and a half later, and... um before I know it, like, he's hitting me up all the time, and he's literally asking if I can send him, like, a visa in the mail. Like, if I, <laughs> like if, if, I'm, if I have the power of the U.S. government with me to just be like, yep, stamp, get this guy a tourist work visa, I don't know what, send him a green card in the mail, or something like that. And I'm like, uh, and see, I was, like, super naive at the time, so I had, like, no idea how common this is. Like, maybe not common enough where someone thinks that you can send them a visa in the mail as a random citizen, but, like, common enough that, you know, U.S. citizens are getting used for, for green card purposes, right? And um, anyway, I'm like, no, I can't do that. I don't need a regular 22-year-old kid. I don't know anything about this. And so, like, that doesn't work out. Then, long story short, a little while later, he ended up asking me, for money. Now, I ended up actually giving him some money at some point, like a thousand dollars. I sent it. I think I sent it via Western Union. You know what all the shady uh, transactions happen on Western Union. And I, I did it out of the goodness in my heart. Is that how I'm going to say it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's basically it. I did it. And this was like a couple years after the fact. We ended up having a falling out after that because, let's be honest, relationships, friendships, and romantic relationships never really go well when they're based on interests like that. Um, But I gave him like $1,000. And, you know, that was a lot of money for me. $1,000 has always been a lot of money for me. Um, You know, I was not a poor person growing up, but I'm, you know, me for myself, I've talked to you guys about this on this podcast before. Like, I've been a minimalist throughout my working career, which means, you know, I've never had a job you know, up to this point that pays a ton of money, like $1,000 is a lot of money to me. Um, And there's a common misperception out there that like all Americans have a lot of money or, you know, or or the power to give you a visa in the mail. Um, And it's just, it's, it's, it's just not accurate. Sure. Like the living conditions and salaries and things like that are better in the U.S. than they are in most parts of the world. Now, in 2023, we can really start debating whether or not the U.S. is a truly a good place to live. I think in 2011, most of us would have still agreed, like, yeah, the U.S. is, like, right up there with, you know, among the top couple countries to live in the world. I think we can really debate that now for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but there's always been this misperception about Americans being, you know, really wealthy, which... Um, it's just not totally accurate, and um, there's just a lot of things in here, you know, well, I used to have a lot of misconceptions about different parts of the world based on what the U.S. media would tell me. Other people who live in different parts of the world that, you know, follow a certain type of media have misperceptions about the United States and vice versa, and, like, the overarching theme here, I could ramble for hours and give examples on this, but, like, have we not learned this lesson yet? 
Have we not learned that we should not listen to everything that we hear on the news? We shouldn't believe everything we hear on the news. Literally, if you live in the United States, you can turn on your stupid TV right now, and you can listen to Fox News, and then you can go listen to CNN or MSNBC right after that, and you are going to get two totally opposite versions of the same story. I'm not even going to... I could ramble for hours and hours, but we should understand this by now, that every every news media that I've seen throughout the world, particularly in the U.S. right now, is designed with a political agenda and is designed to make you believe a certain thing. And it uses... I'm not saying they're all lying. I'm not saying it's all fake news. It's not all fake, okay? But they're picking the facts. They're picking the information that works for their story and for the agenda that they want you to believe. So don't believe everything you hear on the news, and if you do, just understand that, all right, well, there's more to it that I'm missing that I wasn't told because that news media's agenda didn't want to include it in their story. Just don't even watch the news. It's bad for you. All right. That's all I got for you today. Talk again soon. Love y'all. Peace.